0: Good morning and welcome, everybody. Happy Easter. We're so glad that you're here and what we like to call Super Bowl Sunday in the church. Amen. Today is the day. I want to give a special welcome to all those who are joining us online. we got our live stream. This is only our second weekend for live streaming, so bear with us as we kind of work through some of the kinks of so apologies for those who season ticket holders right here. This won't always be our live streaming setup, but it'll get us through this weekend because when spring break lines up with Easter week. You know, kind of what happens is you got a lot of folks on a beach far south. I can't figure out why people would not want to spend Resurrection Sunday in the always warm, always sunny Indiana, <laughs> right? Jesus still rises in the north too, but, but we're glad you're joining us online wherever you're at. Give a shout out to our international workers like Paul and Kate Keller who are probably joining us in Sicily, Italy and worshiping over there. And and then our college students who are spread out all around the country, just the extended Eagle family. We're here to celebrate the single most significant day in the history of the world. And so on your way in, you received a bulletin and there's a connect card in there. So if you haven't already done so, if you could pull that out and if you'd like information about Eagle, that's the card for you to use. You can fill it out, drop it in the basket a little bit later on, leave us your email and you get connected electronically with us. You can receive a regular Friday email to keep you in the loop. Also, you want to download our app, if you haven't already done so, and check out our website, eaglechurch.com, and that'll help you stay linked in. So as a body, our desire is that when we gather together, that this is the kind of family where everybody's welcome. Doesn't matter where you've come from. It doesn't matter if you've been around church regularly or haven't been around church in a long time, that everybody's welcome here, and nobody's perfect here, and that anything's possible. This is that kind of a place, everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible because today of any day on the calendar, today says it doesn't matter how deep your valley, how dark your day, you may have come in this Easter Sunday and you may be whispering, I don't know how I'm gonna get through what it is I'm going through. You know what today says? Today says, hey, crucifixion Friday, it gave way to silent Saturday. In Silent Saturday, gave way to Resurrection Sunday. And Resurrection Sunday proclaims loud and clear, come and see that hope is alive. Church, hope is alive today because Christ is alive today. And because Christ is alive today, I want to invite you to open wide your hearts over this next hour or so. And with great expectation, Come and say, you know what? The living Christ can speak a living word personally into each heart and life. And we can forever be changed from an encounter with him on Easter 2018. Amen. So I'm going to pray to that end. Let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much that it's your name, your fame, your story that brings us together. That it's because what you did from last Sunday resolutely setting your face towards Jerusalem all the way to the cross on Friday and the silence of Saturday, now to the resurrection noise of Sunday, we unite our hearts and we open wide our hearts to you. And through the songs that are sung and the scripture that's read and the message that brought forth, Lord, may you speak a living word into our hearts and lives today for you are worthy and we lift you high. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, if you haven't already done so, you can pull out your message notes inside the uh, bulletin there. You can also get them off of the app. You can download the bulletin there and follow along electronically. For today is the day that we remember the single most significant event in the history of the world. Today is the day we remember an event that occurred almost 2,000 years ago that didn't just change some things. The events we're discussing today changed everything. You see, today is the day that God had in mind when Mary and Joseph ended up in the manger in Bethlehem. Today is the day God had in mind when the Roman soldiers came to the Garden of Gethsemane and arrested Jesus. Today is the day God had in mind when they flogged him to the point where his bones were exposed on his back. Today is the day God had in mind when they thrust him on that cross and drove those spikes and thrust their spear and executed him on a hill called Golgotha. See, today is the day that God had in mind when Mary and Mary and others took Jesus' body to the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea and wrapped him up in grave clothes and laid him in that tomb. And Pilate had a large stone and two large Roman guards placed over it. Today is the day that God had in mind for Today is the day when Jesus unwrapped those grave clothes from himself. And he folded them up neatly inside that cave like tomb. And then he put footprints exiting the grave. And with those footprints, he said to sin and death, checkmate, you lose, we win. Love wins, grace wins, hope wins, life wins. Because Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. And all God's people said together, right? Amen that. And that's why we're here. The Apostle Paul says, if this event didn't happen, then shut down the band, shut up the preacher, close up the church doors. There's no reason for the people of Jesus to gather today in 190 nations. About 2 billion. Now in several of those nations, they can't be as public in their gatherings as we are here. There's some cloistered in some small kind of hidden, tucked away places. But believe you me, in 190 nations, there are followers of Jesus who are gathering under this banner. Christ is risen. He has risen indeed. And if Christ is risen, that doesn't just change some things. That changes everything. It's a ripple effect from that empty tomb. Can you see it? It's a ripple effect of almost 2,000 years, cascading out through the centuries that Jesus' risen state. Think about this, who in the history of the world, the farther removed from their earthly life, has a greater influence and impact? When you think about it, people, even the most revered and respected historical figures, we build monuments, we have museums, we study them in history classes, we respect what they've done. But the peak of their influence and the peak of their impact was when they were alive and on the earth and working. But how about Jesus of Nazareth? Here we are, almost 2,000 years removed from his earthly presence and the range and scale of his influence and impact is greater now than at any point when he was on this earth. Why? Because of what we're discussing today. Because our Christ is alive. We serve a risen Savior, a risen Lord. He's more alive today than he's ever been before. And because he's alive, do you see that? 2,000, 4,000, however many years he wants to go, the range and scale of his influence is only going to grow and widen and deepen. So today what we're going to do is we're going to look into the scriptures at three statements from Jesus' life. Three statements that I can't fathom anyone else making that help us see how Easter moves from a noun to a verb. And kind of a refrain for the day is going to be this, Easter us, Lord, we pray, Easter us, Lord. And we're going to start in John chapter 11. So if you have your Bibles, open up to John chapter 11. We'll begin with a scene at a gravesite of a friend named Lazarus. And Lazarus had become ill, and he was sick for a while, and Jesus got word that he was sick, and his friends just assumed Jesus would come and do what Jesus does, which is heal people. And Jesus decided to let Lazarus' sickness move on to death. Have you met this lingering Jesus that sometimes Jesus is on the other side of the Jordan, and you've been calling out to him for a breakthrough and a break-in, and he's lingered, and he's let something progress from bad to worse. That's Mary, Mary, and the friends around Lazarus's tomb. And they run to Jesus, and they're like, Jesus, you're a little late to the party. Lazarus has been dead for four days in one of those rock-sealed tombs. All the tombs in that area of the world, above ground, cut out of large slabs of rock. And so there, Lazarus' body laid, and the people were weeping, and Jesus arrives on the scene, and he kind of calms the crowd. He wanted Lazarus' sickness to go to death, so John 11 would be a story not just about healing, but it would be a story about resurrection. And so at that gravesite, Jesus speaks. Here's kind of our first word from Jesus that I think brings attention that Easter is far more a verb than a noun when he says this, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. Folks, who else do you know who says those kinds of things? I don't know anyone who says sentences like that. I don't know anyone who speaks the words that Jesus speaks, who's done the things that Jesus has done. The reason I'm all in with Jesus' life, I've never met anyone like Jesus. There is no one like him. And today is his pinnacle signature moment that separates him from every other person on the planet that his tomb is empty. Do you know how to silence all of us as Christians today? Do you know how to shut us all up and to send us all home? Just find the body. If they just find the body of Jesus, we're all shut down. But there is no body to find because Christ has risen. He has risen indeed. And John 11, here's the first kind of insight into what Easter shifts for us. I want you to track with me now how John 11, where Jesus is speaking, that Easter now completes this experience, this rhythm we experience in life that goes like this. And we've been working through it all week. The rhythm, you don't have to be a follower of Jesus to experience this rhythm. You just need to have breath of life in your lungs. You just need to be a human being, and here's what you're going to find. The rhythm of life. Endings, waitings, and new beginnings. It's a rhythm. And to reinforce this rhythm, we've been kind of working with this image since Friday. So here's an image for the rhythm of life. If I had to give you one picture for the morning, here's a picture for what it's like to live life these days on this side of eternity. The endings are the release point from the trapeze artist from the bar. Most endings are thrust upon us. A few endings we choose, most are chosen for us. A loved one passes away. A marriage fades away. A career is whisked away. A hope or a dream is stolen away. Your health is fading away. Endings, endings, endings. It's a ripple effect. It's crucifixion Friday. You see, Jesus put his signature that there's companionship in our endings on crucifixion Friday. On crucifixion Friday, here's what he says. I will be with you and I will help you in your endings. Endings is the trapeze artist at the release point of the bar. You see, most release points are thrust upon us. I don't know about you, I am, you know, are, uh, gymnastically completely challenged. I could not fathom ever letting go of that bar. That it had to be someone forcing me to release the bar. Do you know that's where a big part of endings are? And many of you Come into Easter 2018, and you've been thrust loose of what used to be. Your hands have been pried apart. An ending has been thrust upon you. And that moves you now into the space where we see this trapeze artist here before us. Crucifixion Friday moves to Silent Saturday. And Silent Saturday is that space right there. When you have left what used to be and you have yet to grab hold of what will be. You're suspended in what I, like to, what I like to call liminal space. Liminal space is that threshold. It's that space in between. It's often a confusing space in between. It's often where you're there with Mary and Mary and Joseph and John, and you're sitting at the sealed tomb and you're staring at some really large Roman guards and you're saying to yourself, Did that just happen? When you're whispering prayers like, Did that really happen? What am I supposed to do now? That's not how I saw this playing out. That's not how the followers of Jesus, when they linked up with his life and thought, I'm going to jump on the Jesus train, it's like, hey, follow Jesus. It could end really badly for you. That's not really the refrain they are working. But when they're staring at the tomb, they're thinking, hey, this isn't quite how I saw this unfolding. And you know you're in silent Saturday, and there's a good chance a large percentage of us in this room right here this morning are right there. In some way, shape, or form, we've been thrust from an ending into the suspended state of waiting. And we're waiting and we're groaning and the cries and the pain of Crucifixion Friday have kind of thrust us into this confusing in-between of Silent Saturday. And we've yet to grab a hold of what will be. But hallelujah, John 11 says, did you see the connection in John 11 when he says, I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me. In your Bibles, you can draw a connection between lives even though he dies. Circle lives, circle dies and draw a line. Who else do you know that says, in your dying, you'll find living? Jesus. So here he completes the rhythm. The rhythm of life doesn't end with Friday and Saturday. The rhythm ends today. Today completes the experience of the rhythm that in our endings and our waitings, those become seeds of new beginnings. That when you're thrust to let go, and when you're hanging there suspended and you're wondering what's next and you're saying, did that just really happen? And you're crying out, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through what I'm going through. When you're right there, Jesus says, follow this now. I don't know much about trapeze artists, but when I've read a little bit about it, I thought the star of the show was the artist who's doing the flips and the spins in the air. Do you know who the real star of the show is? Who is it? It's the catcher. It's all about the strength and the character of the catcher. They say that the trapeze artist who's releasing the bar, they're able to release with abandonment and kind of surrender in an unhindered way, do all their flips and spins, and they extend their hands out with great trust in what? The catcher. Church, do you know what Easter says? Easter says to you and I, when you're hanging there... And you've released that bar, and you're twirling in the air, and your arms are extended. Here's what Easter says. Easter says, extend your hands out and see the strength of the hands of your nail-pierced Savior. His hands are strong, and he will catch you. Trust the catcher. Trust him. That's what today is. The degree of trust you can have, is in your dying, you will find living. I know you feel like when you're hanging there, I don't know about you, but my experience with the Lord is, he enjoys that hanging in midair space way more than I do. And he enjoys the length of time in the waiting way more than I do. He leaves me in silence Saturday far longer than I prefer to be left there. Anybody else experience that? Just keep walking with Jesus and here's what you're going to find. You're going to find a good portion of your life hanging in this life right there. But look, the reason I love this image so much is I think that young lady does have her eyes on someone in that photo. And who are her eyes upon? Their eyes are upon the catcher. Keep your eyes on your catcher as you're hanging there in the air and extend out those hands. And with great trust and great abandonment, here's what you're going to say. I can trust my catcher. His nail-pierced hands are strong and they are firm and he will not let you fall. Trust him. Easter us, Lord, we pray. Easter us. Because in our endings, there are waitings, and in our waitings, there are new beginnings. Which leads me to ask two questions on this point. Two questions I wrote down in my notes when I got to this point. The first one is kind of, what new thing is waiting to make an entrance in my life these days? Like, what new thing is God wanting to bring forth that's going to require a letting go? So where is the release point? Like, God's saying, hey, Simpson, release. Let this go right here. Because in order for something to new to enter in your life, there's got to be an exit. Do you know an exit precedes an entrance? There's got to be an ending before there's this new beginning. And so I think that's a fair thing to ask now as you live out this rhythm. Many of the endings are thrust upon us. Say, okay, Lord, what are you up to in the release point? And as you hang there suspended in the waiting and as you extend your arms with great abandonment, great surrender, great trust, because there's another way you can live midair, covered up with anxiety, right? Just worried, stewing on how you're ever going to make it through. You could, is, are you ever going to be caught? How long is he going to leave you there? Is anybody going to catch you? Is my life going to completely unravel? You can go that way. Jesus said there's just another way to live with this. You can live trusting the catcher and live with surrender and live with abandonment. And when you release, extend your hands and know that he will catch you that there will be a new beginning in his time and in his way, and he will write a script that you could have never written. Ask Lazarus. Ask Mary. When they were standing at that tomb, they never imagined John chapter 11 would be a story where he speaks into that tomb and Lazarus rises. Easter us, Lord, we pray. Easter us. Second statement from Jesus' life that magnifies the transition from noun to verb for Easter. Look at John chapter 8. Turn just a few chapters back in your Bible. John chapter 8, verse 51. Here's what Jesus says. I tell you the truth. By the way, anytime Jesus says that, we sit up in our chairs a little bit straighter because he's about to try to correct some misunderstandings. So you just go, okay, I tell you the truth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. Are you kidding me? Who else says these things? Only Jesus of Nazareth. If anyone keeps my word, he will never see death. So here, Easter not only kind of completes the experience of the rhythms of life, of endings and waitings and new beginnings, I want you to see now how Easter brings about the death of death. Do you see this? Now, clearly Jesus isn't speaking about physical death. He's clearly speaking about something beyond physical death. How do you know that? Well, Lazarus' friend, just in a few chapters, is going to die. John the Baptist has died, another close friend. Jesus himself is going to physically die. He's not speaking about that you on this life won't see or encounter physical death. Follow me here now. If you're linked up with him, you, when you take your last breath, you won't even see it. Is that unbelievable? So Jesus says, here's the rhythm you're really going to experience in this life. Typically, we say we go from life to death. Do you know what Jesus says? You link up with him and you go from life to life. From this life to that life. Recently, I was on the phone with a good friend over this past week. He was sitting at the bedside of his 93-year-old father. And he was crying and he was telling me stories. His father loved Jesus loved people, served the Lord so faithfully for so many decades. And he was just kind of, the tears were flowing, and the stories were flowing, and towards the end of the phone call, I just shared John eight fifty one with him. I said, hey, you know, in just a few hours, or maybe it's a few days, your dad's lungs are going to fill with air one last time, and your dad's heart's going to beat one last beat. And the jaws of death are kind of going to begin to encircle him. And at that moment, because he's dying in Jesus, Jesus is going to come for him. He's going to take him and whisk him away. And your dad won't even see it. He'll just go from this life to that life. Now, the friends and family around the bedside, we all see the death. Do you track this now? That's why Jesus is speaking about more than physical death. But when your life is linked with him, there's the death of death. If you know him, you have no fear of the grave because of Easter Sunday, because those who die in him will rise with him. When you come to take your last breath and death begins to creep in, if you know Christ, he will come for you and it will just be life. It will be life eternal. Church, that's whole that's hope with deep roots that's hope that transcends the heartache and the pain that's why Paul says in one Corinthians 15 the sting of death is removed and many of you have said it hasn't felt like that in this life of course not because on this side of eternity we're feeling the wave of grief and loss that comes when we lose their physical presence but for the one who's died in Jesus they didn't feel it they didn't experience they didn't see it they went to life Life to life. Easter brings about the death of death. That's why we pray Easter us, Lord, we pray Easter us. And do you see to play Pastor Obvious for a moment in this storyline, resurrection has a prerequisite to it, death. You see, if there's no dying, there's no rising. If there's no crucifixion, there's no resurrection. If there's no Friday, there is no Sunday. But here's the reality, because Jesus went Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we who put our feet with Jesus and where he put his, Romans 6 says, when you take your last breath with him, you will take your first breath in glory when your last breath happens here. This is the death of death, and this is why Easter is far more of a verb. Easter us, Lord, oh, Easter us, we pray. So Easter completes this rhythm of life. In our endings, in our waitings, we find new beginnings. Because he says in John 11, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. In your dying, you will find living. And then Easter brings about the death of death because if anyone keeps his word, he won't even see it. Because if you die with him, you will rise with him. Thirdly and lastly, the classic resurrection narrative, turn with me to Matthew 28. We'll end our time this morning here at Jesus' gravesite, where we left off Friday night. The gravesite is quiet has been for a couple of days. Mary and Mary are there, which is ironic in Matthew 28. You know, women were not allowed to be witnesses of these accounts. I find just the irony of Jesus always elevating those who are oppressed. Who does he give the privilege now of revealing this amazing scene to two women who are going to be the ones giving a testimony? Because in verse 2, in the midst of sitting there in the silence, of Saturday, and as it rolled into early Sunday morning, verse 2 of Matthew 28, there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Have you ever just tried to picture, what was his posture like? Like, did he just kind of have his legs crossed, like... Didn't see that one coming now, did you, right? The Roman guards, like, I picture the Romans guards, we'll see in a moment, their faces are like turning as white as the angel is, their jaws hanging open, and the angel's just sitting down on the rock. Checkmate. You ever been around like your father or your grandfather in those moments when they're sitting in that one posture, you know what I'm talking about? Where they know something that you really wish you knew? Maybe it was just me because I grew up fairly mischievous as a boy. With my brothers, we would walk into the living room with my dad, and my dad had that posture in his recliner that said, I know something that you really need to know. I think it's that posture with the It's that posture of authority. It's that posture of getting kind of the last word. It's a posture of perspective. You see, the angel is representing true life beyond this life. The Romans and Pilate thought they were running the show. Guess what uh, Matthew 28 says? Hey. You know, Caesar at that point, you know, Caesar was like king of all the kings, right? The Roman Empire was as big and dominant as you become. Hey, Caesar, everything was bowing to Caesar. The coins were written with Caesar's name on it. Here we are 2,000 years later. King Jesus, 190 nations today, 2 billion people. Caesar, little Caesar's the pizza chain. Where's the influence now? The angel's seeing something. Verse 3, his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. That would be an understatement. The angel said to the women, notice he says to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Now follow this. Follow this now. The angel rolled the stone away not to let Jesus out, but to let Mary and Mary in. Did you track that? He already has risen. He's folded up the grave clothes. He's exited the tomb, which the Roman guards now, if their jaws already weren't halfway down, they're really out of picture, right? Because their whole life is dependent on one thing. What's the one thing? Jesus' body has to stay behind the sealed rock. The stone's rolled away by the angel to let Mary and Mary in to see an event that's already happened, Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. So Mary and Mary, they go in there. They see the grave clothes that they would have themselves wrapped around him, nicely folded up and laying there, no sign of Jesus. Verse 7, the angel says, Go quickly. uh, Tell the disciples. He's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Here's the one word, greetings. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. I think in your Bibles you should circle that words in red there, greetings, greetings. Can you imagine kind of the ripple effect of that one statement when those disciples heard that? They heard the voice of the resurrected Christ say, greetings. Can you imagine what melted away inside of them at that moment? Greetings. Afraid yet filled with joy, greetings. Greetings. Into your fears, greetings. Into your insecurities, greetings. Into your insurmountable obstacles, greetings. Into your loss and grief, greetings. Into your addictions, greetings. Into your sins, greetings. Into your insecurities, greetings. Into your uncertainty, greetings. And in this one statement, here's what Easter shifts in our vocabulary. He moves, right? He moves the word impossible possible to God possible with one statement. Greetings. Now remember, the disciples at that point, most of them had packed up their bags and had gone back to their old life and old ways because it wasn't ending like they thought it was going to end. Though Jesus had tried to prepare them for it, they struggled with getting their arms around it. Anybody been there with Jesus? He's tried to prepare you for something, and then that something actually occurs, and you aren't nearly as prepared as you thought you were for that. This is where the disciples are. They can't wrap their mind around how it's all unfolding. And then he steps in his resurrected state, greetings. And with that one statement, he shifts around what used to be impossible now makes it God possible. And perhaps Easter 2018 brings you in the doors of church and you're staring at some things that you have no idea how you're going to get through whatever it is you're going through. And Jesus of Nazareth says, hey, he walks into that space and do you hear the whisper from his spirit today? Greetings. Greetings. What may be impossible with you is possible with me. Easter us. Oh, Easter us, Lord, we pray. Because in Jesus, we see a completion of a rhythm of life. Endings, waitings, and new beginnings. And in Jesus, we see the death of death. And in Jesus, we meet one who exited that tomb and walks into the brokenness of our lives and says, greetings. What may be impossible for you is possible with me. That's why I believe God plus anybody is a majority. If God is with you, Paul says in Romans, who can be against you? God is for you, God is for us, God is with us, and God is able. That's what Easter Sunday says. God is for you, God is with you, and God is able. Easter us, Lord, Easter us, we pray. And so as the worship team's going to come back up, we're going to wrap up. I got one final story. Say come up and get in place for a response song. Many of you may have heard the name Dennis Jen before. Here's a picture of Dennis Jen. He's a Vietnamese Christian. He grew up in a very difficult area of the world, in Vietnam, met Christ, eventually became a seminary professor and author, wrote a lot about suffering. And here's a paragraph from one of his books. Follow along here. Dennis says, when I was eight years old, I lost my father to cancer. A week after his burial, I became severely ill. I still remember how my mother, newly widowed, cared for me. She did not discuss with me how I felt. Instinctively, she took me into her arms and caressed my back with her gentle hands, reassuring me with words of comfort and love for me. Follow this now. I grew so sick that I was hospitalized. Since we lived in a remote village about 10 miles from the hospital, my mother carried Me there on her back, walking powerfully uphill and down with tears streaming down her cheeks. She says to Dennis, Son, Daddy is not here, but Mommy is still here. Hang in there. We will make it to the hospital soon. And then a little bit later on, Dennis writes this sentence. He says, That whole experience confirmed in him that a love that does not suffer with the suffering of the beloved is not love at all. Folks, today, this Easter weekend, from Crucifixion Friday through Resurrection Sunday, Jesus puts his signature on this reality. He is the Savior who suffers with the suffering of the beloved. There is nothing we're enduring in this life right now that Jesus can't step into that space and say, I know, I understand, I feel the weight, I'm with you, I'm for you, I am able. You see, it's Easter where Jesus puts us on his back like Dennis's mother and carries us to that place of healing. Some of you are in a blue chair this morning as a testimony to that reality that Jesus grabbed you, threw you on his back, and carried you to the cross. And you know that. You're here because of that. And Easter says, hey, if he carried you there, he will help you. endings, in your waitings. Trust the catcher. There'll be some new beginnings. Trust him. Extend your hands this morning. Let him catch you. In your dying, find his rising, the death of death. With great hope, go through this life, not fearing the end because the end becomes the beginning. stay anchored in this that he steps into that space with a word of greetings and says hey what may be impossible for you in this life is possible for me there is a god possibility that easter speaks and we say easter us lord we pray easter us because we put our feet where jesus put his feet on friday and saturday and sunday And so I want to invite you to open wide your heart as the team sings through this song. And wherever you come to that place, and maybe for the first time, maybe Easter 2018 is going to be your salvation moment. You're going to cross over and surrender fully to Christ. Maybe you've known about Easter for years, but this day, it gets personal for you and Jesus. Or maybe it's a returning back. You've known, been walking with him straight away, that today hope is alive, can speak, and hey, come home. It doesn't matter how far you strayed. It doesn't matter what you strayed into. There is no pit so deep that God's love and grace and hope are not deeper still. Easter us, Lord, we pray. And so my prayer is that this song just sing some hope and lift some heavy hearts as the team leads us. And then after the song, I'm going to walk us through a prayer, a prayer of surrender. Just bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a moment. Just let those words sink in a little bit deeper. Hope is alive today, hope is alive today. Death defeated, overcome. Maybe there's some in the room right now who you know, this is your time for Easter to get personal. It's your moment of surrender. And all you have to do is right in your seat right now. Just call out, Jesus, save me. I know I'm a sinner. I need forgiveness. I need resurrection life. I need your spirit to come and live within me. Just call out to him, Jesus, save me. I give my life to you. I surrender now as an act of my will. And then there may be others in the room who remember praying that prayer at some point. You remember a point of surrender and trust, but there's been some things that have just kind of muddied up the waters. You've, you've strayed. You've gotten caught up in some stuff. Sin has had its way. You've been entangled been wrapped up in some stuff. And today's the day, today's the day for you to turn and come back home. And all you have to do is call out to him. Just like the prodigal son, who the younger son was off in a distant country and kind of squandering life away and he turned and you just turn today and you'll see your father's face has always been turned towards you in love just come back and confess your sin just lay it out there and say Jesus I've strayed Jesus I've wandered I've sinned help me forgive me redeem restore heal help me live this overcoming life that your resurrection says is available you just enter into that now You enter into it by a choice. You choose. Move toward the resurrected Christ right now. Just extend your hands. And then others in the room who've been thrust into a release and a suspended state of hanging in the air of some confusing in between, having no idea how you're going to get through what you've been thrust into. Just stretch out your hands now and trust your nail-pierced catcher. Trust him. That'd be your point of surrender now. Just trust him that in those endings and waitings, there's seeds right there of new beginnings. Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains just that single plant. But if it dies, and then first, still others in the room, who've been walking with you for maybe decades, or maybe this has been the year of salvation for you and it's been breakthroughs, and today is fuel and energy from the Holy Spirit to sustain you, to carry you, to remind you. Just ground us afresh in this resurrection story. Easter us, Lord, we pray together. Easter us. Lift our eyes up to the hills now and know that our help comes from you, the resurrected Christ pour out your spirit, meet each one right where we are. Have your way. Have your way. We worship you, the resurrected Christ, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to send you out with a benediction from John chapter 20. This is a scene after Jesus rose, and one of the inner circle of disciples there who'd been, he was on the struggle bus with the whole scene of Jesus' resurrection. It was called Thomas. And Thomas was struggling so much to piece together all that had happened. Just couldn't put his arms and his heart and his mind around it. So Jesus shows up and says, hey, Thomas, put your hands here in my nail-pierced hands and put your, thrust your hand there and put your fingers in my side. And, and then he says, uh, hey, to Thomas, stop doubting and believe. And then Thomas responds, my Lord and my God, <laughs> And then this next sentence, verse 29, Jesus told him, "Because you have seen me, you have believed; blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed." That's where we are by the way right there. That's us. Who have not seen. We weren't physically there a couple thousand years ago, but we're here now and we're putting our feet with Jesus because we're saying, "We believe." And so may the risen Christ pour out a spirit of blessing upon you. May it be a wave of resurrection life through whatever impossible circumstance you're staring at in your life these days. May a ripple effect of resurrection life meet you there and help you see that in your endings and in your waitings may by his grace and the power of his spirit may you leave here in a place of new beginnings. Go as a crucified and resurrected people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and stay.